Well, it's good to be here at, in uh, Portslight Baptist Church this morning. Had some good singing, enjoyed that a whole lot. Um, OBS, the streaming service we use to stream our videos, had an update this morning and it's messed it all up. So if you see me up here switching uh, and messing around, that's because I'm having to control it instead of uh, Mary doing it. She usually does it from a, an iPad, but uh, that thing's broke. Uh, whatever they did broke the, the setting. So we'll figure that out before next week, Lord willing. But uh, it is good to be here. And glad to have those that are here. Glad to have those that are watching online. And uh, it's another wonderful day the Lord's blessed us with. And this opportunity to come together and worship Him in spirit and in truth. We're still in our Romans uh, sermon series this morning. We're going to be looking at Romans chapter 16. Verses 17 through 20, Lord willing, and this is part number 56 of our studies, and uh, titled the message this morning from the text, Mark Them Which Cause Divisions. Mark Them Which Cause Divisions. Romans chapter 16, we'll go ahead and read our text. The Bible says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience has come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word this morning. Thank you for those that are here, Lord, and for those that are watching elsewhere. Lord, but most of all, we thank you for this opportunity to worship you and to preach your word. Lord, keep me humble and out of the way this morning. Let you be revealed, and we'll give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we pick up here in this last chapter of Romans where we left off last time, we're right in the middle of Paul's greeting or salutation as we would call the end of a letter. Um, but here we see that Paul suddenly, it's as if he suddenly thinks, oh, and this, because he's, he's naming off all these people and then suddenly a break and he's saying, I beseech you, brethren. So it's more kind of teaching, which he left off of at the beginning of this chapter, and uh, you know, it kind of seems last minute, but you know the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 3.15 that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And uh, in the Bible in 2 Peter 1 and 21, the Bible says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So we know even if it was last minute thinking on Paul's behalf, it was the Holy Spirit that, that wiggled that brain up there and said, Hey, Paul, don't forget this. Put this down. And so that's what happened. Uh, Paul needed to say this. And so look at it there. Uh, verse 17. Now I beseech you. That word beseech simply means let me bring it to your attention. Pay attention. Beseech. That's a King James uh, word. You see it quite often. Paul likes to use it. Beseech. He, he wants to get your attention. Draw you to this and show you this is something that you need to make sure that you're listening and paying attention to because it's important. So he says, I beseech you, brethren. And, of course, we know brethren. That means he's speaking to saved people, Christians. 
there in Rome. That's who the book is written to, is Christians in Rome. And uh, he says, Mark them which cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you've learned, and avoid them. Now, these people that are coming in and, and, and di dividing the church, that's what it is. It causes divisions. These people come in and divide the church up because it gets people on one side or the other, or several sides. But it causes splits and splinters and divisions among the church and discord among the brethren is what happens. So it causes discord in the church. And these men, it says they, uh, they are uh, offenses contrary to the doctrine which you've learned. So what happens is they come in and start teaching or preaching or um, trying to get other people to believe something that's different than what they already know to be the truth. So, for example, we've all been in church all of our lives. We're church people. We've heard the truth from God's Word. We've, we go to churches that only teach and preach from the King James Bible. Uh, we've heard good teaching, good preaching. We know the truth of the doctrine of Christ. And if somebody was to come in here and suddenly start saying something that sounds different, that's like, now, what, wait a minute. That's, I don't remember hearing that before. Or that seems different than the way I knew it or learned it. Mark them. Because if it's not what the Bible says, if it's not what you've been taught from this Bible, then they are false teachers. Now, the thing is about these people that Paul's telling them to mark, they're not saved. These are not Christians. These are not Christians that suddenly got off the path or got misguided or misled or, or uh, changed their, their uh, certain beliefs and certain things. These are not saved people. These are people that are only in it for themselves. They're actually workers for Satan and not Christ. And we'll see that as we go. But he says to mark them. That means to observe, to point them out, to identify them, and warn others about them. This is not something you can just let go. You don't just say, well, boy, you know that guy that come in here, he's been coming for a while, and he's, he's saying some mighty funny stuff. You know, I don't know about him. No, don't do that. Go to other people and say, wait, but this guy over here is teaching something contrary to what, what we know to be the truth. Confront that person. Say, no, wait, we don't teach that here. Uh, we went to, we belonged to a church one time before we joined it. And there was uh, someone there, and we were in Sunday school class, and they were going down and people were reading uh, the, the verses. I, I hate that too, by the way. To come in a Sunday school class and say, okay, you read verses 3 and 4, you 5 and 6, you know, all that stuff. I guess that's okay for little bitty kids. I don't know. But for adults, and this is what was going on there when we first went and visited. We were in a class, probably 20 people in there, and then we go down the line. People reading out of, out of the Bible, different verses. It come to this one woman, and she was not using the King James Bible. And she started reading the verse, and I was, I was looking around. I'm like, "What in the world? I, that's that's not in my Bible. I, I don't. I don't. That's that's weird." And she consistent. She insistently did that, wanting to use that. And we found out later on that this was on purpose. That they were trying to interject the NIV version of the Bible into that church. Now they got run off. They they didn't go there very long, but that was going on. Uh, pay attention to this kind of thing. That's where divisions begin. And, you know, you'll have somebody say, well, now, I like this NIV. It's so easy to understand. 
but yet they can't tell you what happened to that Ethiopian unit, you know, when he, uh, he needed to be saved, uh, left that part out. And so, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of the things in NIV and, and other Bible perversions, they've taken things out of it. So don't trust it. And don't trust anybody that comes in trying to teach you from those um, perversions of Bibles. So anyway, let's get back to it here. So what Paul says is to mark them. Make sure that you observe, you, you identify them, you point them out, you warn others about them because these people are causing problems. And the way that you can find them is by paying attention who's causing all the problems around here. When did this particular problem start happening in the church? Oh, well, we can point back to this guy when he came. When that family came into church, suddenly things started shifting. This family over here started joining up with them, and then suddenly they're, they're off in a group by themselves, and they've caused a division. And it seems like they're teaching things that are weird, you know? Uh, and you can identify them that way. It's what Paul says here. He says, that you'll know, mark them. They're causing divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you've learned. And he also says to avoid them. Don't have anything to do with them. And so, you know, everybody says, well, we all just need to get along. You know, we can all, you know, no. Somebody comes in with this kind of mess, they need to be avoided. They need to be gotten rid of. You've got to clean things up. Now, these kind of people have been around ever since the church began. They've been around for over 2,000 years. Ever since Christ hung on the cross, was crucified, buried, and rose on the third day, this has been happening because the church began there. It was empowered on the day of Pentecost when Peter got up and preached and over 3,000 souls were saved. And then the church was empowered. And we see all these people coming to Christ and the church started growing and the Bible says multiplying, bigger and bigger and bigger. And so... Of course, there were false teachers that had to get in there. And that's that's what they want to do. They want to get in there and start causing trouble. And uh, they'll start teaching and preaching things that are contrary to the doctrine that's the truth, which you've been taught. And so these false teachers will be preaching things different than what you're familiar with. And they sound very sincere. And they may be sincere, but they're sincerely wrong and uh, uh, sinful. So these kind of people have been around since the church began, and the devil could not defeat Christ even in death. And so what's he going to do? I know Jesus said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, and they won't. He can't destroy the church. But you know what he's going to do in the meantime? Everything that he possibly can to mess things up. Now, the one thing you'll have to, to realize about Satan, the devil, is that he has to have a host to do his bidding. He doesn't just pop up. He don't just pop up in the middle of a service, a little red man with a pointed tail and, and a pitchfork. No, that's not that's not the devil. The devil has to have a host. He invades that host, and they come into the church, and they look like the real deal. They'll come in wearing their J.C. Penny sh uh, suit. They'll come in with a King James Bible tucked under their arm. They'll come in saying all the right words. They'll call you brother. They'll call you sister. They'll act like just one of you, but it's the devil in disguise because that's how he works. He works through people. And so that's how these false teachers get in the church. Now, there, like I said, there's always been false teachers, and the Bible talks about them over and over and over. But I can almost guarantee you there's more of them right now in the day we live in than ever before. And the reason being is because of they have the ability to reach more people now 
by the means of social media, uh, the internet, television, radio, all these different sources that they have to their disposal to get their false message out. And if you throw that false message out there to enough people, you'll get a bunch of them that's going to fall for it, hook, line, and sinker. And before you know it, they've got a large gathering. They've got a large crowd of people. I'm going to talk about one of those guys before we're finished. But they have this, it's easier now to get an audience. Like right now, we've got a live stream going. We've got a camera mounted right here. We've got uh, uh, Facebook live streaming. We can stream live on Sermon Audio where we host our sermons. We can stream live on YouTube and uh, uh, all these other means that we have to be able to do that. Anybody can do that. Anybody that has a phone in their hands, a smartphone, they can stream live. So you've got people coming from out of the woodwork claiming to be the spokesman for God. All they got to do is prop the camera up and say, I'm a preacher. I'm a pastor. I'm a teacher. I'm an apostle, they're calling themselves today. And so it's so easy now for them to get audiences. It doesn't have to be in a church building. In fact, the biggest majority of people now are following preachers online and not in a building. And so the use of internet, social media accounts is, is being used for this. Now, you have to be incredibly careful who you listen to, who that you are trusting to deliver you the word of God. Some of these men, they start out looking like the real deal. And suddenly they start moving in a different direction. And they cause divisions. And they start giving offenses contrary to the doctrine in which you've been taught. Paul says, avoid them. Then look at that. He goes on the next verse, 18. He goes on to say why these men are to be avoided other than the reasons of causing divisions and offenses. Verse 18 for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. All right, so we see that these men are not in it for the Lord. They're not working for him. They're not serving him. It says they don't serve the Lord Jesus Christ. So they don't belong to it. They're not saved. They're not Christians. They're using the name of Christ to get their foot in the door to spread their false doctrine. And so they don't serve Jesus, they serve themselves. That's what that little phrase, their own belly. Then when the Bible talks about that, the Bible sometimes calls them slow bellies. Uh, those that serve their own belly. That means their own self. It's self-gratification. And it's what they're trying to please themselves. They satisfy their own lust of power, prestige, fame, fortune. That's what they're looking for. And they are driven to fulfill their self-desires and gratification. And so they find the easy targets. The church. Vulnerable. Little old ladies. People that are not strong Christians. People that don't know the doctrine very well. And that's who they will single out. The Bible says right there, they by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Now, that simple don't mean that they're retarded or, you know, have some kind of mental deficiency. That just means that they're naive, that uh, they don't think the same way as these false teachers do, and they would never think somebody else would come into the church and, and do such a thing. It's not even in their mind that that would happen. So it's very easy for them to be fooled by these people because of their good words and fair speeches. 
Oh, they can get up and just, boy, they can tell the story and spin it and sound so good. And you've got these little old ladies, you know, sitting there saying, oh, he's so, he's a godly man. Listen to him, how he talks. I just feel like he's, you know, he's so sincere. Yeah. And they'll, they'll fool him. And so that's why you see these false teachers on television wearing their $1,000 suits. They never wear a $50 suit jacket, you know, that they picked up on sale. Uh, they wear these big fancy clothing and watches and uh, flashing their $1,000 smiles with their cap teeth. And uh, they fly in their million-dollar jets. Uh, these men live extravagant lifestyles. These television preachers, televangelists, uh, look them up. They're in the millions of dollars is what they make. They fleece those that they watch. They're using their good words and fair speeches on their broadcast. And so they'll get up and boy, and there's one, but he's, he's, I love to hear him. Uh, I like to, to watch him because um, he's funny. But I know that he's a false teacher. I just watch him for kicks and uh, to get sermon material from people to make fun. And I'm just kidding. But really, he's, uh, he's got a lot of people fooled. Why? Because he can spin a yarn and he sounds so good doing it. Boy, he's got it down. And so they fly around in these big fancy jets, you know, got to have a jet. Can't be on there with regular people. There's demons on there. That's what one of them said. Can't, can't do that. Got to fly up there alone in a private jet. So I need $50 million to buy my Learjet. So these people, they live all these big extravagant lifestyles, but away from the camera, their lives are immoral. They don't live the life of a Christian when they're away from the camera. You can see some of the documentaries that's been made on some of these men, how they get caught up to them and uh, catch them off guard and hear some of the language they use and some of the things they do. They're not real. Now, Paul warned the church at Corinth about these false teachers. Listen to what he wrote to them in 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15. He said, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it's no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. So same thing. Paul's talking about here these same people. Uh, they're not working for Christ. He, Paul says here that They've, Satan's transformed himself into ministers of light. And his, uh, those that, that work for him, he uses them to do this. Peter, he warned the church. Listen to what he says, 2 Peter 2, 1 through 3. <clears throat> he says, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies. What that means is things that are being taught contrary to the doctrine of the truth, the, the doctrine which you've been taught, the real truth of the gospel. So they, uh, they come in uh, bringing damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Peter was telling them, look, these people, they're wanting to make merchandise of you. They want to buy and sell you. 
They want to fleece you for everything you have and turn you out. That's all they're interested in. He says there that even uh, the way of the truth shall be evil spoken of. So they'll come in and say, oh, don't listen to those independent Baptist pastors that get up there teaching standards and, and all that stuff. That's nothing but a bunch of garbage. God doesn't care what you look like or anything like that. And while that is true, it doesn't matter what you look like. God still loves you and save you. Uh, we believe in standards. We believe in, in biblical standards and things. And so don't. And so they'll start teaching negative about people that stand up for the truth. And they'll start making people teaching the truth sound like they're uh, wrong. Now, these are the same false teachers also that Jesus warns us about. In the Sermon on the Mount... Matthew seven fifteen through 23. Listen to what he says. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So again, these false teachers are not Christians. They're not saved. They've never trusted the Lord Jesus as Savior. They want to spread their poison in the church and spread their, their false doctrine to everyone they can. It's like getting rat poison and dipping it in chocolate and feeding it to children. That's exactly what they're doing. Dress it up, make it look all nice and pretty, and hope the, the gullible will take a bite. Paul says in the last part of Romans chapter 16, verse 18, he says, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Uh, they know how to put it on. They know how to work the crowd. They know just the right words to say and when to say them. Uh, they sound sincere and truthful at times. They flatter the listener. That's one of their goals is to make the listener feel special, important. They especially prey on the naive, those who themselves would never dream of deceiving people and don't think that anybody else would do that either. So why do you think a lot of older women get fleeced by these TV preachers? Poor things sit around, they got nothing else to do, watching TV, see these preachers on there. They talk a good talk and, and they look, look like the real thing. And they just send your money and God will bless you all. You know, I'll send you a prayer cloth. I'll sweat it on it, and I'll put it in an envelope, and I'll send it to y'all. And they give their money. Now, when one of these uh, news programs did a follow-up on all that, they found outside of the, the, the company where all these letters were being sent, all these checks, they found a dumpster full of the envelopes with the letters still in them, but the checks are gone. They don't care nothing about those people. They just want that money. And so that's how they'll, they'll get those that are the hearts of the simple is what that means. 
Um, that's how Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, uh, even Muslims today, that's how they're drawing people out of the Baptist faith. People, they, they prey upon them. They've got the right words to say, the right buttons to push. They can, they can say things that sound so right and fool those. And they'll tug on somebody like that who's not strong in the faith and easily manipulate them to follow them. Now look back at Romans 16, 19. Paul goes on to say, For your obedience has come abroad unto all men. I am glad therefore on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. So Paul, what he's saying right here is your obedience, uh, your faithfulness is known all over. That's what it means, abroad. It means it's been spread. Men know about you. They've heard about your your obedience to the faith of the gospel. And, and so he said, I'm glad for that, that you are that way. However, but, he says, but, I want to bring this to your attention. Now, and you know, it's probably that nobody's been into those churches in Rome yet and, and caused such problems yet. And Paul's wanting to bring their attention to it before it happens so that they're prepared. He said, I want you to be wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. In other words, see it through simple eyes that evil is coming. Don't try to complicate it. It's simple to see those are causing divisions and offenses contrary to, to the truth that you've been taught, the doctrine. And so because they're known all over for being this good church that stands to the truth and obedient, this may provoke those false teachers, cause them to come in and say, let's see what we can do here. You heard about those people in Rome? I bet they're ripe for picking. And they'll go over there and they'll creep into the church. They look like everybody, talk like everybody, buddy up to you. Next thing you know, they're saying, well, you know what I believe. You know, I know that preacher, what he just said, but you know personally what I believe. What the Lord told me is this. And they'll, this person will they'll say, well, you know, that sounds reasonable to me. I wonder why the preacher doesn't ever tell us that. For you know it, you've got divisions. You've got problems. And so these, this church, these people in Rome, the believers, they need to hold fast to the truth, but be on the lookout for those who desire to do evil in the church. Now, this is the reason Paul told, told the church over at Ephesus, Ephesus there in chapter 6. We all know that chapter, what it's about, about uh, putting on the whole armor of God. And he goes through all that list of things, you know, the helmet of salvation and the, and the belt of truth and all this, the whole armor of God. Uh, I've got it wrote down here, but we all know that. We've been over it and over it and over it. And so uh, we need to always remember that Satan is real. That's what he said there to the, the Ephesians. He said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So this isn't just our flesh that's causing us to have problems. It's real. It's dark spirits. It's evil. It's Satan. And so we've got to be on the lookout. They're invisible to our eye, but they're very real, and we've got to guard against it. And like I said, Satan works through a host, somebody that he works through. All right, verse 20, back in Romans 16, 20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. So Paul wants them to remember they're not alone in this. Uh, the Lord is watching out for him. God has a master plan. And Paul is, is saying here, you know, 
shortly, you know, God's going to defeat him. He's going to bruise Satan under their feet. And we are part of that. We're part of God's plan. We're his children. We participate in the bruising of Satan, the defeating of him. And so God's plan includes defeating Satan. We know that in, in, the, in the end. He's going to be cast in the lake of fire. But he defeats Satan. Genesis chapter 3 is what Paul is referring to when he talks about bruising Satan under the, under the feet. And we all know what happens there. That's when Satan enters in the garden. He deceives Eve. Eve partakes of the fruit. And then she convinces Adam to do it. And it wasn't hard to convince him. He was willing and able. And he partook of the fruit, and sin entered into man at that point, and not only sin, but death because of it. And when God started doling out the punishments and the repercussions of it, this is what he told Satan in Genesis 3.15. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So God's foretelling here to Satan what's going to happen. Sure, you're going to bruise his heel. He's going to hang on that cross. He's going to be buried. And, and it's going to appear like uh, you've won, but he's going to bruise your head. In other words, he's taking you down. And we're going to be part of that. We, the church, are still in this battle of evil. And we will always be. There are still those that want to worm their way into every congregation, cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you've been taught. They won't look like the devil. They'll, they'll look normal. They'll look like somebody you, you wouldn't mind having as a friend. Somebody you want to join our Bible study class. Oh, we'd love to have you. Better watch out. And so these creeps will look like they belong there. I call them creeps because they creep in under the radar, stealth mode. And uh, they'll wear the suit and tie, carry the King James Bible, look like the real thing, and that's how they deceive people. Now, right as I'm ending this, I want to warn you about an extremely popular preacher in Tennessee. You know, I know people's already getting nervous. Oh, you shouldn't talk about other preachers. You know, The Bible tells us to mark them. Mark them, which cause divisions. And those that are teaching contrary here to the what you've learned, uh, offenses to the doctrine. But just about an hour, hour and a half down the road from here, going west, there's a preacher with a church. It started out as a very small church in a storefront. Now worked its way into its uh, huge thousands of members. Uh, when he first started out several years ago, I listened to him. I liked him. He could quote the Bible. He can quote entire chapters of the Bible. He knew his stuff, and he preached hard. He preached heavy. He preached what was the truth in the Bible. I couldn't wait every Sunday for his new sermons to hit sermon audio so I could listen to him. And uh, I really liked him, and I told people about him. I, you know, I bragged on him. He's, he's great. And one day somebody told me, you better watch out for this preacher. He's fooling a lot of people. He told me this guy, all he's looking for is fame and fortune. I didn't believe him. I said, no, you're crazy. I listen to him all the time. He, he never, and li listen, this preacher, he was one of those guys that wore a suit and tie to the beach. He used to post pictures of himself on the beach wearing a suit and tie. And, uh, you know, I thought, boy, I tell you, and this guy, he's, you know, he's really, you know, He's there. 
And uh, so I defended him. I said, there ain't no way. And I don't believe you. Well, it wasn't long after that. I started seeing his preaching or him frequently on the news. He started appearing in local newspapers, uh, on websites and, and uh, news broadcasts. He even got to Fox News. And I started noticing that there were some differences going on. Uh, he started out doing a lot of stunts at the church, a lot of things to get attention for, from a lot of people. They camped out with the homeless for a weekend and stuff like that. Uh, I believe he rode a bicycle for hundreds of miles to get attention and uh, got up on a, on a big lift or something at the church one time and uh, always on the news. That was what he always tried to do was to draw attention. He claimed to share the gospel because the more people saw it, the more people would come to know the gospel. Well, then, of course, he starts uh, infiltrating Twitter and Facebook and getting all these social media accounts and, and pushing that out there. YouTube, he's got a YouTube channel that's blown up. It's huge. And he starts drawing all this attention. He changes the name of his church. They moved to a bigger location, of course. Couldn't, couldn't hold them in a storefront. Uh, started dressing differently. Started wearing T-shirts and skinny jeans and uh, the, the little... Uh, uh, headset with the microphone comes around. I know some people like those. I can't stand them, but he looked like he wanted to be a rock star. That's what he wanted to look like. The music in the church changed. The hymns ceased, and suddenly you've got contemporary. You got loud music, drums, and electric guitars, and flashing lights, and smoke, and all this. Not long after that, uh, the news came out that he allegedly abused his wife and kicked her out of the house and uh, was threatening her. Uh, they got the text messages. I read them myself. They, they were posted of the things that he was saying, filled with profanity and disgusting things, threats. Uh, he divorced her, married his secretary, and uh, continued, continued on with everything. Um, he's still going very strong today. In fact, he's bigger today than he's ever been. Uh, thousands of followers on social media. He just had last week a national conference. Uh, it's called National Deliverance Conference. If you don't believe what I'm telling you, Google it and watch the videos. They've got them all posted on the YouTube page. Watch what's going on out there. This National Deliverance Conference, it's uh, a bizarre meeting of all these very weird people he's brought in there. Uh, teaching and preaching different things supposedly to connect to the real world and to people where they live, you know, and all this. Thousands of people. I mean, you look at that the people that they gathered at that conference, it goes on and on and on. I mean, it looks like Nayland Stadium. There's so many people there. Um, his new wife, secretary, she is going around putting her hands on people's heads and uh, speaking in tongues, and supposedly they're getting slain in the spirit under the palm of her hand. And you can watch it online. They fall down and faint, you know, after she does that. And uh, so uh, you would not believe the things that are going on under the guise of supposedly the gospel. Now, if you're curious about who this is, his name is Greg Locke. And a lot of my friends on social media share his videos over and over and over because he supposedly, you know, is real. 
you know, and he comes out there now, and he, he's always make sure that he shows off his tattoo while he's on online, you know, and uh, talking about this and that. And he was a big defender of President Trump and, and all this stuff. And so you get all these people that follow him, you know, think, well, he's a good guy. Listen to that, you know, sharing it and going on. What they don't know is it's not the truth. He's a deceiver. He's a false teacher. And he's gathered other men that are like that. And they're going around together sharing this false doctrine. And so, uh, listen, you've got to be careful. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 John 4, 1 through 6. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Wherefore you have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are not of the world, therefore speak they of the world. I'm sorry, they are of the world, therefore speak they of the world. And the world heareth them. That's important right there to notice. When you start wondering, is this person really in it for the truth, or are they in it for the world? And you'll see. They'll use the world's means, the world's methods, the world's music, the world, everything about the world to draw the world in to teach their, their false doctrine. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So, just like the Bible says, we need to try the spirits. Is what he's saying the truth? Is all this crazy stuff that I'm seeing in this conference, this slaying in the spirit, grabbing people on the head and them falling down and people getting on the ground and, and wiggling around and throwing fits and all that. Is this, is this of God? Because let me be truthful with you. From everything I read in the Bible, people that act that way are usually demonic. They they're, have demonic spirits in them. We don't see saved people acting that way in the Bible. Nowhere in there. And so try the spirits. And uh, we, you know, like I said, be careful. There would, there's people out there who would love to be able to destroy this church, say something about us, get get false doctrine spread, cause divisions and contentions and things, and uh, they want to do that everywhere. So you got to watch it. All right, let's go, Lord, in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you today for the message, Lord. Thank you for the truth that you've given us in your word. Lord, we know there's no truth anywhere else. Only through you do we receive the truth. God, help us as we try the spirits, test the spirits, God, to know that they're real or not. And Lord, if they're contrary to what we've been taught, the doctrine we know to be the truth, then Lord, may we mark them that cause divisions and offenses. Lord, help this church. May we always be on the right path, God, doing the right thing. Help us share the gospel with this lost and dying world. And Lord, we'll give you the praise for everything. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, don't forget next Sunday. Uh, uh, we, hopefully, we'll get to finish up the book of Romans. We'll be finished with our sermon series. Um, Lord willing, depends on whether or not 
you know, he changes the message on me or, or anything, but we should be able to finish in one more message. And uh, I did accept um, a, a call to go and preach at Northside October the 2nd, uh, first Sunday in October. So be praying about that. If you want to come there, come there and, and join in with us. Uh, they still do not have a pastor, and so uh, be praying for that. Uh, are all hearts and minds clear this morning? All right. In fear of the Lord, we're separated.